Finance can be so confusing and overwhelming. Learn the tips and strategies so you can accomplish your financial goals. Let's break it all down so it's simple and easy to understand. If you know me by now and you've been listening to the pod for a while, you'll know I love examples as it's my favorite way to learn. Please, as always, leave a review. Give it five stars if you found that it has been helpful. And that's it for me. Enough rambling. Let's get to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Personal Finance Redefined Podcast. If you've been enjoying it, please do rate and review it. And today's episode is going to be all about emergency funds. So maybe not the sexiest thing to talk about, but here's why it's important. With an emergency fund, cash is one of those things that people say, Ari, if I have too much cash, I just feel like it's not growing for me. And Ari, if I don't have enough, I just can't sleep at night. So today's about exploring the balance and what we can do as investors and really as financial professionals in ourselves to say, okay, what can we do to make sure we're optimizing all of the hard work we're doing when it's earning money? Maybe it's certain business deals, whatever you're doing in life, it's not one of those things where it's, hey, this is a a have to. It's more of, can we make sure that we're optimizing every little thing in our lives? That way we can ultimately fulfill what's most important to us. So to me, it's not just about the money. It's how can we use the money to fulfill that greater goal? And maybe that goal for you is financial freedom. Maybe it's traveling. Maybe it's switching careers, whatever it is. This is the framework, and it starts with these tips. So as a reminder, before we get into the the, the real details of today's episode, if this is helpful, please do rate, review it. And if you don't mind going to YouTube, check that out for more content as well. That's where I'm doing some more visuals. So if that's helpful when you're looking along, I know sometimes driving, it is nice to have the pod in the car, um, but check out YouTube for more stuff like this if it's helpful. So without further ado, the value of an emergency fund, cash is great. And oftentimes seeing cash in your account, one, it's comforting. Two, it's it's a little bit of an ego boost because you say, okay, I'm doing well, which is good. Sometimes we want that. Um, three, clients who have a high net worth, that's just one of those things that sometimes you might have and you say, hey, it feels really good, um, but just have enough in your account to meet that emergency. And what I mean by that is your emergency fund is actually going to be different than if your car broke down, which I know sounds weird, but think about it like this. If your car breaks down, what you want is funds available in your checking account that you can easily go pay for that expense. The emergency fund is a barrier in your brain, but also in your financial accounting life. Meaning if your emergency fund is just in your checking account and you say, you know what? I don't touch it. I've got $10,000 there. It lets me sleep at night. That's six months of living expenses or whatever you determine is the amount that's best for you. I recommend three to six months of living expenses. But once you determine that, that's where we start. Now, once you've got that starting point, the next place to look is, okay, I've got my starting point. I know what my number is. Let's just call it 10,000 for ease of this example. And then think about, do I need a barrier? Some people can leave the 10,000 in their account, not touch it and have no trouble at all. Other people say, Ari, it's just a little too easy because the money is right there. And so they end up using that emergency fund for non-emergency purposes. So ask yourself, what kind of investor are you? Not right or wrong, but do you feel that it's helpful to have a barrier? Maybe go to a Goldman Sachs or maybe go to a a different company like Betterment or some other institution, it really doesn't matter, where you set up a high-yield savings account. It's not going to grow for you a whole bunch, but you know that going into it. The goal is really to just separate your finances in your brain. What I love 
for an emergency fund is it allows you to not have to go into your investments and realize a loss. So the last thing you want is to be going through life, you're investing well, you're doing everything well, and the market takes a turn. And now you need income, you need money for your just cash flow because you've just naturally life comes up and maybe you've lost a job or maybe all of a sudden expenses have gone up and I don't want you to have to dip into your investments that are performing well in order to pay for those. One, because that's money that could be growing even more, but two, there are taxes associated with that, depending on the account, of course. So if you don't need income today, you might view a market going down as, hey, this is an opportunity. But what I want to make sure is that you have comfort. And I have clients who receive a lot of comfort in knowing that their funds are not invested and they have it in cash. For them, that's great. Now, we don't have all of it. It's a portion. But how do we really find that balance? That's one of those things that there's not a calculation for. I have clients who have great comfort in seeing that high account balance. And I have clients who have literally just enough in their account to meet their emergency fund. Maybe it's $1,000 for them. And they say, hey, I just want everything else growing. I don't anticipate I'm going to lose my job. And because of that, I want to make sure that people really you know, are, are growing in whatever aligns with their values. So what do you think on average? Who do you think is happiest? Well, it's all different, of course. There's a risk tolerance. But for me, when I'm viewing my work for as planners and, and part of this podcast, my goal is to give you a sense of the conversations that I go through with clients is what good is it investing if the stress keeps you up at night? So I would argue not good at all. And it may make a whole lot of sense to invest conservatively if it, you are losing sleep, but let's work through that. What is it that stresses you out? Is it the ups and downs? Is it the fact that you work so hard for this wealth and now just seeing it kind of fluctuate on a daily basis is just almost really just one of those things that says, all right, it's giving me a heart attack. Well, then we're missing the point here. The goal of investing is to help you reach your goals. And if it stresses you out more, then we're doing the opposite of what we set out to do. When people hear the word risk, the first thought is the risk they lose all their money. But there's a huge risk to not investing as well. If we're investing conservatively, or, or really not at all, it won't allow your money to work for you and grow. And then by the time you retire or want to retire, you might not be in a position to meet all your living expenses. And so that's the real risk. The real risk is that we're unable to maintain our standard of living. So back to the episode topic, how much cash is too much? Well, Everyone has a different idea. It's three months, some people it's six months, some people it's nine months. It's really whatever you're comfortable with. But I always say you work so hard for your money, make it work for you. And by that, what I mean is once you have your emergency fund set up, go invest the rest of the funds to get the money working for you. Diversify the funds, understand your risk so you can invest in the different accounts for your different goals. That's what I do for clients. It's what I love doing. If that's of any interest, you can always reach out to me directly. Happy to answer any questions on that or really just have a conversation and see how I can best help. So thank you so much again for listening to the episode and I'll see y'all next week. Thank you so much for listening. If that was helpful, please do subscribe, leave five stars, rate it, review it, all that good stuff. And let me know how I can best help. I love answering questions, whether it's about taxes, investments, whatever is on your mind. I love seeing how I can best help you. So as always, you can submit a question on my website, personalfinanceredefined.co. That's personalfinanceredefined.co. And I'll see y'all next week. Hey everyone, quick disclaimer here. Please be smart about this, and before taking any action, consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, 
legal, or other financial advice. It's for informational purposes only.